pull over, lean in. It's time for the Soft Shoulder Podcast. I am your host, Danette Relic of Radical Creative Sanctuary, inviting spaciousness for your mind and your heart. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. The Soft Shoulder is your time, your time to slow down and fuel up on self-love support so you can make the most of your gorgeous life. Join me here. Everyone needs a soft shoulder. Hello, sweet listener. Do you enjoy playing board games? I do. Um, And I was recently on a coaching call with a client and... As you know, as I do in this podcast often, I will just blurt some image that comes to mind, a metaphor that comes to mind, uh, a new way that we can kind of see what we're talking about through a playful lens that will open up more things to see or a new way of seeing things. This is something I do, yeah, pretty much all the time. (laughs) Yes, I do it with clients, I do it in the podcast and by myself and with friends and with family. It happens. Um... And so the other, I don't know when it was, a couple weeks ago, I was speaking with a client and I find myself blurting out, you are not just a pink peg in the plastic car of his game of life. (laughs) And that landed very well because that was pretty much the vibe that we were kind of trying to circle around with with language, right? It was like, oh, right. That's not who this person is. That This person is so much more than that. Wait a minute. Sometimes we can find ourselves in circumstances where we, we didn't mean to be there, but we're there. And then when we can name it, we're like, oh, yeah, I want to get out of here. <laughs> that's right. That feels very resonant. And that's not what I want. So I'm going to make another choice, right? It can be blurry, especially when it comes to other human beings. Like it's already a challenge to understand ourselves to witness ourselves and love ourselves as, you know, these beautiful, flawed, strange, emotional creatures that we are. And then when it comes to (gasps) dating someone else, creating love with someone else, deciding if we're partnering with someone else, this is like, now we've got two weird humans with all their weird feelings and (laughs) we're coming together. So it's very easy to, you got that plus conditioning, you got that plus social or family pressure all kinds of stuff, right? So today's episode, we're going to talk about all that kind of stuff through three different board games. We have like some little reflections here from three different classic board games uh, to just to help you give you a little perspective on your dating life or love life, right? Always through with the self-love as the foundation here. That's the whole point of pretty much everything I do is to know ourselves, to unconditionally love ourselves and express more and more of who we really are in the world so that we can connect authentically, you know, beautifully with other interesting, complicated, creative human beings who are also revealing who they are in the world. I feel like this is this magic of being human. This is where all good things can be created. This is where it begins. So my client and I had a good laugh about this pink peg business. Um, And I did play the game of life somewhat recently, like within the last few months. And, you know, I don't know if you've played it recently or if you play it at all. But, you know, there's a lot of critique that can be made about this game, obviously. 
it's the game of life as though there's one way to do it. And you, I believe you win if you die with the most money, <laughs> which is not how I win my game of life. Um, and it also really limits your choices uh, because you have to kind of go through this predetermined path of what life is supposed to be according to who designed the game, you know, the bigger systems at play. Um, so, you know, there's all that, the patriarchy, capitalism, there's all, all of that stuff is just built in. Um, but the first thing, and the, the only thing I'm really going to address here is the relationship part. So you, you're you in your plastic car, you have a little peg, and of course, there's only two, pink or blue, which one are you? And you get into your car, and then you get forced to stop and get married. And then you have to pick another peg for your car. <laughs> um and then you just drive around with this thing and maybe you have babies and you collect money and you pay taxes and you win prizes and you get into an accident and just weird shit and then you die in a mansion or something at the end. Um, so the reason why I brought this up in a client call of like you're not the pink peg in this someone else's car. What I'm talking about there is when you are looking for a partnership, sometimes even the strongest and most interesting people can still find themselves feeling that they want love so much that they're looking to fit into someone else's life. Or maybe you don't really love how your life is going and then it's appealing. It's just like, oh, they have this other life and I can be the peg in their car. I can escape what's going on over here and I can like be a part of this other life. And sometimes that happens and it's a lovely thing. I'm not saying that's always wrong or bad, right? What, what I am always pretty much saying is like it's about consciousness right being aware that's part of witnessing knowing what your motives are knowing if you're coping or uh creating <laughs> knowing why you're choosing what you're choosing and making choices that feel good for you the more you make choices that feel good for you the more you are building trust with yourself this is a good relationship right like ah. Oh, any relationship is great when you can trust the other person who's demonstrating consistently over time. They're making choices that benefit the relationship, right? That's what we do with ourselves more and more when we make choices, right? So often, though, don't we just want to be chosen? Um, I think a lot of us, not everyone, has that feeling about like, oh, they asked me out. They're interested in me. Like, okay, and and, and not really being discerning and that might be part of your conditioning to not be dis discerning uh, might be pressure that like you just need to be dating anyone <laughs> um, but you know there's that element right where you get you know and if it's the game you're like a, pe a peg in a bag just getting plucked out and put into this car um, so the question is are you a passenger or are you a partner are you co-creating are you on this game of life this, this image, this metaphor is obviously flawed because we're dealing with little plastic cars. They only have one wheel. Like, you know, we're, let's not get granular about all of this, right? But it's just sort of like, are you going along for the ride of someone else's life, moving to their town, taking on their friends, their family? Everything is all about their life unchanging and you decorating it somehow or, you know, being an, an accessory. Um, and also, maybe you're the one. Maybe you're the one in the driver's seat of the little plastic car. Do you find yourself looking for a, just a passenger <laughs> to complete it without really being willing 
are curious about what their life might look like, what their roadmap might look like, what where they were before they got into your car, right? Are you controlling everything? Are you in what I call like a weekend at Bernie's kind of relationship vibe where you're like dressing them up and introducing them to people and <laughs> taking them to the farmer's market and propping them up on the brunch table, but like they're not really co-creating with you it just looks like you're in a great relationship but you're orchestrating everything either side of this and there's balances and there's situations where this kind of thing can work right where we give and receive and exchange power consensually and all of that but this is just an interesting thing to think about right which one do you relate to more and what is it that you actually want do you want to co-create or do you want to be a passenger or have a passenger and why I'd just be really curious about that notice if you have any patterns around that how are you benefiting from always being at the wheel or always being in the passenger seat right just a good thing to kind of look at and get a sense of what you need and who you are and where you maybe unconsciously give up your agency right for the sake of partnership. And why might you be doing that? Um, so there's some reflections from the game of life. <laughs> Other than that, uh, yeah, I think that that wheel, I think you could eat, this is a complete side tangent, but that wheel is like, as a kid, that was like super fun, all the little hills and stuff on the board game. But you could totally manipulate that wheel into getting a number close to what you want. And also it's very easy to get into arguments <laughs> about whether someone is manipulating the wheel. I feel like dice would probably be better, but hey, the wheel is fun. Anyways, let's move on to now this game. I I just can't for the life of me, like a bunch of years ago, I, it just sort of resurfaced in my memory, a horrible memory. And I was like, how was that a children's game? This is a horrible game. I'm talking about perfection. If you like it, good for you. <laughs> this, it was ugly. It was like yellow and orange. No, yellow and red. And had sharp pieces and you basically have to like you push the board down and a timer starts like tick, 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 tick. and you have to get all of these little yellow pieces into the corresponding spots and if you don't do it in the time that it is set for tick, 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 it explodes in your face and the pieces are sharp and it hurts like what so my memories of this game, I didn't own it, but it was relief. Like there was never like in the moments where we beat it, beat it or made the time, it was never like pride of like, oh yeah, that was really fun. And we won. It was like, oh, thank God. Like, thank God <laughs> we managed to do this. Like it was just relief of like avoiding pain. In fact, I feel like the whole, this game shouldn't be called perfection. It should be called the game of clenching and avoiding pain like that's <laughs> pretty much what was going on but isn't it interesting dear listener that it's called perfection and that time pressure is a part of this so how does this apply to dating and partnering right even those of us who are like yeah I've got lots of time and there's no rush whatever sometimes <laughs> when we're dating this time piece kind of comes in of like where should we be? Shouldn't we have said I love you by now? 
Shouldn't we be exclusive by now? Shouldn't we be moving in by now? Whatever these markers are of like progressing through a relationship, there's some weird made up idea about timing and about doing it right or it being too long or too slow or too whatever, according to who, right? You get to decide how you're doing this. And what I'm curious about is how that time pressure, even that even if you're ignoring it, it has an impact, right? It's like, I better find this out before. Are we, are we just anticipating everything blowing up in our face? <laughs> is, that what, is that why we're rushing through these steps? Because we want to avoid pain? Are you doing that? It's like, let's get, let's make sure we're committed because I don't want to be heartbroken. And I just, I want this secure feeling. Like, how are you moving things forward, motivated by fear or pain avoidance in your relationships? How have you, if you're not in that right now, how have you done that in the past? Where you just feel like you should be further along and there's this feeling of pressure coming from understandable, from family, from society, especially depending on like, you know, who you are and where where you're growing up, all of that stuff, right? There's different real pressures, right? Of just social norms and expectations, right? But imagine if you could remove the ticking clock. Imagine if there was all the time in the world. Because the truth is, if you rush through, it's not a guarantee that that will sustain. If you do it faster, it's not a guarantee that it's more right for you, which means that you're just maybe (laughs) postponing the blowing up in your face part, right? And if it blows up in your face, <laughs> it's like, that's that's probably just like what needed to happen, right? This wasn't going to work. You rushed into it, right? You weren't really thinking or weren't really present or weren't really discerning, right? You get to choose who you want to partner with. You get to choose what kind of relationship you want to be in. You get to design this with the other people you are in relationship with, right? And you get to change your mind, right? It's not all or nothing. The perfect the perfection game is just, there's so many lessons here that are just like, I don't know. <laughs> I have a lot of questions about this game. Um, but, you know, imagine it wasn't perfection, but presence, right? Because sometimes getting into a new, a new relationship It is like a puzzle, right? You are finding pieces and seeing if they match up. Like, oh, I have this little yellow shaped piece like a moon. Oh, there's a hole here that looks like a moon. Oh, look at this place that we line up. And not every piece has to be there for this to work. You don't have to have every single alignment, every single thing in common, everything on your manifest, your dream partner. You don't have to have all of those things for this to be a wonderful and rich possibly long-lasting partnership if that's what you want, right? But imagine if you were able to take your time and be rewarded by your presence instead of your imaginary perfection, which is basically the illusion that you can control anything. Like that's the comfort that we get from perfectionism as we feel safe because we can control stuff, but you could never, that's not, that's an illusion. We don't have that kind of control, right? And also, if something 
if a relationship doesn't work out, I was kind of, you know, kept using that line of blowing up in your face like the game. It doesn't always have to be so dramatic and painful. It could just be a peaceful conversation. <laughs> it could be a little more gentle. It could be just walking away from the puzzle partly done and be like, you know, I don't think I'm going to pursue this anymore. Something that is painful doesn't mean it's better. You know, if you're working out, doing some kind of strenuous activity that like no pain, no gain. It's like sometimes that makes sense. And a lot of times it's unnecessary. You can build incredible strength while respecting the alignment of your body, while respecting your skeleton, while respecting your nervous system, while just going to a therapeutic edge as opposed to forcing pain, right? That's not actually better. And it's certainly not better, I think, when it comes to dating, <laughs> if, it, if it's hurting, that's not like, okay, we're really doing it now. Like, no, <laughs> though that might be like a place where you're comfortable or where it's always been that way, but it just doesn't have to be like that. So where are you kind of locked into the philosophy of the game of perfection in your love life? And how can you maybe turn that timer off? maybe just walk away, maybe take all those little yellow pieces and just create a whole new game away from that board, right? Like you can do anything you would like with that. What is meaningful and beautiful? What kind of experience do you want to create? If it's not that ticking board, right? What kind of pace do you want to go at? And also, I would just completely change the colors of that whole thing. It just feels, <laughs> it just feels very alarming. Um, anyways, yes, creating safety. Imagine feeling safe around someone, relaxed around someone. Like when you slip into a pool and it's like the perfect temperature for you. Um, and it just feels so like just refreshing enough, just comfortable enough, just feeling really good. Uh, still lots to explore. Still lots to figure out, still lots of ways you can stretch and play and splash and make waves. But, you know, on the body, it's got you, you know. The last game that I want to talk about is uh, our favorite little classic of snakes and ladders. This is ob like a pretty obvious basic life metaphor, probably way better than the game of life. <laughs> snakes and ladders could be called the game of life, I guess. Um, and like, what is what is the lesson here right so you're you're if you i don't know if you there's people who don't know what snakes and ladders are but you're you're basically just rolling the dice and moving along a path and you might come across a ladder in which case you get to climb up and go faster and have an opportunity to elevate or escalate uh, in a way that benefits you or you will come across a snake which is a little scary and slippery and you slide down it and you maybe go backwards. Maybe it sets you back. Maybe it slows you down in your life. Okay. So if you want to play this game, there's going to be snakes, right? This is the thing is like we often kind of like the perfectionist idea. We want that guarantee that we're not going to have any. And so one of the best ways to guarantee that you're not going to come across any snakes, you're not going to come across any scary things that are slippery and slow you down and hurt you and send you back, is if you don't roll the dice at all. That's pretty much it in that game, right? Um, so you could just stay <laughs> on the home square, but then you're pretty much guaranteeing that you're not participating. 
right? It's a, it's a guarantee that you won't have snakes, but it's also a guarantee that you'll never see a ladder. And playing the game, rolling the dice, it's also, it's not a guarantee that you're even going to get a snake either. There's a, sometimes, have you ever driven and it's like all green lights and sometimes they just turn green right as you're approaching? It feels like magic. That is possible. It's possible to have a relationship like that. It's possible to get all the green lights. It's possible to play snakes and ladders and never come across a snake. But you won't know that unless you're playing the game, right? And sometimes it can seem so unfair. It's like, how come they got all the ladders and I'm getting all the snakes, (laughs) right? And there's no real answer to that a lot of the time, right? We can hope for more ladders than snakes, and roll the dice. That's all that we can do if we want to play the game. And what that means in terms of dating is that we must be willing to be vulnerable. We are vulnerable to snakes if we're in the game at all. There's no safe way to date and open yourself up to loving another person without risking being hurt or losing or being disappointed or having your feelings not go reciprocated or whatever. That's part of it. There's no way to there's no way to separate those two things. So if you want to explore with someone and you want to see what's possible, you have to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to roll the dice and to show up and see what happens. And remember because also as you're moving through the snakes and ladders game of love, <laughs> you know, don't you kind of want to enjoy it? Like you can't control the, the dice part is the circumstances you can't control, right? You can hope for the best, but you can't control it. So why not try to relax a little bit and have fun? Because it's also a game, right? Um, clenching your way through snakes and ladders. It's not really fun, right? And then at the end, you're just going to have a cramp and you'll be like, and then what if you go through it and you got nothing but ladders? Then you were just freaking out and tensing the whole time for no reason. Like that's what happens when we worry, right? Um, I know I've mentioned this before on another other episodes, probably the um, fortune cookie I got that was like, fear or worry is like paying interest on a debt you might not owe, (laughs) right? You we feel like worrying helps us to help prepare. But it's just creating stress in the body and tension. And it's really actually unnecessary because it doesn't help prevent anything. And it doesn't actually prepare you for heartbreak. You know, rehearsing it in your mind only creates more problems. It doesn't help you for that moment. It doesn't help you get there and survive it with any more love and compassion. In fact, if anything, it might be like, see, told you so. I knew this was going to happen. And then you shut down tighter Uh, and you close yourself off and then you never want to play this game again. And that like, as I started saying that, my hand fluttered to my heart too, because I find that so relatable and so understanding and also so heartbreaking because as I say at the end of every every episode you know you are someone worth loving and there are people in the world who are going to who maybe already have or who are looking forward to that opportunity to love the beautiful creature that is you but if you're shut down and hidden they can't they won't be able to find you there if you're not on the board they can't play with you right so to be vulnerable requires courage there is no courage without being vulnerable as obviously from <laughs> all of this but you know i'm listening to a lot of brene brown right now right 
So do you even want to be in the game, you know? And this is just doing this consciously. When you're stepping into it, you got those dice in your hand. You got that app in your hand. You're looking for love. You're looking to connect. You know that there's a risk. You know that there are snakes, right? But there's also lots of ladders. And there's also lots of fun. And you don't have to be playing perfection with your love life or with anything, right? It doesn't have to hurt. You don't have to be clenching. You don't have to do it in record timing or anyone else's clock because rushing it isn't about getting it. That's not going to get you the right fit. Alignment doesn't happen with rushing. Be discerning. Be selective. Love yourself enough to lean back a little bit and listen Watch what these potential dates, these potential people in your life, watch what they're demonstrating. If you have an argument of some kind, how is it repaired? How do they treat people when you're not really around? Like, how do they treat you? How do they treat you over time? Was there like a really big surge of like cute texts and lots of effort? And then, hmm. (laughs) and then suddenly you're like, am I a peg in their car? (laughs) Because I kind of feel like a peg in their car, you know? What kind of relationship do you want to create? Are you a passenger or are you a co-creator? These are great things to think about, especially if they seem like simple, obvious things. But for some reason, when it comes to dating, we just lose our minds a little bit, right? A lot of vulnerable stuff comes out here. Even if you're like really good at being assertive in your work life, your home life, whatever, there could be something, this could just be that area that's just like, I don't know what it is, but I, you know, I feel really vulnerable when it comes to dating. I don't have all those same skills when it comes to dating. So these questions are helpful to just give you a little bit of guidance, a little bit of witnessing, right? A little bit of playful framework. And also if you're in a situation too, where you're like, you can feel yourself clenching and you're afraid of what's going to happen and you're looking at your phone like the, the way you might look at like that perfection game. You can hear it, hear the tick, 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 and you go and you can laugh about it. That's another reason why I love imagery is because it can bring humor to a situation like this. Be like, oh, I'm playing perfection right now. <laughs> I'm going to step away from the game. I'm going to do something else. You can just recognize the feeling, right? Or you can recognize that like, oh God, I'm a peg in this car, right? And let that playful image deliver a very important and powerful message. Like, hey, this is where you are right now. This is where you're headed if you don't take the wheel or get out of the car or speak up or change the map or do something to exercise your agency, right? These metaphors can, you know, illuminate small but very powerful moments of awareness for you, right? And then of course, the last one is that, you know, the only way to like not experience the downfalls and the snakes in this journey of love and partnering is by not playing at all. And that means it's a guarantee, it's a 100% guarantee that you're not going to find it, right? You're not going to be in the game right? Whereas the percentage of you finding something wonderful, climbing some ladders, having a beautiful view and a great time, it's way higher if you're rolling the dice. It's a guarantee that you won't have the love you want if you stay on the home plate and keep it so safe. In fact, I 
um, when I was in uh, elementary school, we did this thing where we played a game called the outdoor game. Uh, we were like on some kind of spiritual retreat center and um, everybody was assigned like an animal or like a hunter or like I think there was like man and there was deer and there was all these different, you know, creatures on the food chain. And we got a little tag that had with our identity and we were out in this wooded area uh, with a little game, like a little pad and a pencil. And part of the game was like, you know, to survive, we had to have a certain amount of food. And so little images of food with a code would be on different trees. So you had to go running. You had to find your mate. <laughs> you had to have a mating call and then run and find your fellow deer. I was a deer both times. And uh, get the food, get the things, but also hide from your predators, right? Or, you know, just what really goes on out in the woods, right? And I was so afraid which is hilarious because it's just a game of tag, but I didn't want to be caught by the predators. So I hid in the bushes <laughs> and I starved myself to death. <laughs> I didn't have any food on my game card. I didn't have any points. I somehow though did coerce my, my mate to come and die with me in the bushes. But I think we can all agree this is not what we really want <laughs> for our lives or for deer or for any living creature, right? It's like we can't have it both ways. That wasn't a safe place. It was a guaranteed death on my own terms, as opposed to just natural selection out in the wild, right? Um, so don't do that. Don't be young Danette starving herself out as a afraid deer in the bushes. Roll the dice, play the game, take the risks you can take breaks too like just like that perfectionist uh timer that applies too you don't have to always just roll the dice immediately you can roll and then you can take a break and then you can roll again when you feel ready going at a pace that feels loving and that loving pace isn't just slow all the time sometimes the loving pace is momentum sometimes that's what you need and what's most supportive for your own growth and well-being and joy in the world of getting what you want, the relationships that you want, the love that you want. I want all of that for you. If you, <laughs> if you want a coach who's like going to be some sharing some playful metaphors for you and it's very specifically in your life, uh, someone to bounce all of this off of, someone to read those texts to, um, I would love to support you through a dating journey or finding love while remembering to love yourself. And I am accepting new clients. You can reach out anytime by sending me an email, Danette at RadicalCreativeSanctuary.com. And you can always go to um, my website and it says book a call. You can book a call to see if coaching is a good fit for both of us to bring the most wonderful, rewarding results and support in your life. Dear listener, you are someone worth loving. It all starts with you. I wish you nothing but like joyful ladders and, uh, you know, even a few snakes. They're not that bad. Sometimes it's fun. <laughs> Sometimes it just gives you more time to play. You can look at it like that, right? Um, take good care of yourselves and of each other. We'll talk to you soon.